The sports world has awoken, everyone. Hockey is in the preseason. NBA is approaching the preseason. The MLB pennant race is coming to a close. And the NFL is getting more interesting by the week, for at least some of you. This is one of the only times in the year that all sports are in action. So for you sports fans out there, it's going to be a good next month. This is the Big Frank Show. Let's get started. Welcome to the Big Frank Show. Oh, man, that's irritating. I hear you. Oh, good for you. I'm not an idiot. I, well, I know some people might think that, but like... While we've had an all-out invasion of politics into sports this week, it's good to see that we have a couple of new sports spinning up. The NBA training camp started this week. Media Day was this past Monday. What were some of your thoughts on this? Uh, well, some of the interviews out there were... Uh... Pretty big. I mean, you heard Ben Simmons with all that confidence. Uh, he said that they're asking if he, that he was counted out of the rookie race because he missed a whole season. And he said, no, they're going to remember me. <laughs> yeah, actually, uh, uh, what he was asked was that uh, the incoming first-year players that were just drafted were voting on basically who would be rookie of the year and a bunch of other things, and they kind of forgot about him. Yeah, they, I mean, they totally forgot about him. And I think that by far... If we've combined this year's draft with last year's draft, Ben Simmons would still be the first pick. So focusing more on the Sixers, we have uh, a lot of things going on, especially Joel Embiid and and his surgery that he had eight months ago, and he's still not mm-hmm. playing five-on-five ball. Uh, it kind of worries me, but he says that he he's good to go, I think he says that, but, you know, that's Joel Embiid. He's passionate. He wants to play for his team, but you never know if he's 100%. He said that if it was Game 7 or the Finals, he'd play. Yeah, no doubt. And uh, again, he had a meniscus injury, and the surgery wasn't a full replacement or, or, you know, it's just cleanup activity. So it's kind of perplexing why he's not playing 5-on-5 five five yet. And But there are some rumors. Uh, yeah, there are rumors. They say he's not playing 5-on-5 five five because of his contract. That makes no sense to me, to be honest, because I think that even if there was a contract issue, I think Joel Embiid would still be still want to be on that court playing basketball. He would be, but would his agent? They're looking for a max deal, and let's be honest, the agent really kind of drives that. The Sixers really have no choice but to sign him. I mean, you can't just not sign him. Yeah, I mean, he's Joel Embiid. He loves the city of Philadelphia. He wants to be and probably is the face of the franchise. Um, I mean, he's a great guy. I mean, why wouldn't you want him back? I think that he should get a big contract, whether he's injured or not injured um yeah my hope is that the rumor's true that it's because of a contract and they want to sign the contract because the other part of me is saying if it's an injury i don't want that i i mean i'd rather this contract be the, the problem than an actual real injury yeah when joel Embiid first got hurt the sixers hit it from everyone and I'm, I'm afraid that's what they're doing here too like i don't want to hear that he's injured or not playing few games in the season because we I think we need them to make playoffs I mean that's a given definitely yeah no Embiid no playoffs so Lonzo Ball said that he's pressured but he wants to be the face of the franchise of the Lakers because he looks up to Magic Johnson as one of the greatest point guards of all time and he wants to he's being mentored by Magic Johnson pretty much 
Yeah, absolutely. And he says all the right things. And, you know, there's the LeVar stuff and all that sort of yeah. stuff surrounding him. But at the same time, what he did in Summer League uh, was really good. He always says the right things. He seems like a good kid yeah. to me. He always says the right things. And then middle of the conversation, uh, well, I got new shoes. Um, they're much lighter, which apparently they're the lightest basketball shoe ever made. And what brand is that again? It's Big Baller brand. Um, so, my question to him is, are the sneakers more important than winning? Which, I don't think he believes that. I think he wants, his goal is to make playoffs, and that's going to be challenging for that Lakers team, I think. Yeah, if you look at Media Day, the person asking the questions kind of, like, pushed it on him, saying, you got new sneakers, and kind of forced the issue. Just like, (laughs) just like you could see across Media Days everywhere, where people were forcing the Donald Trump question. Yeah, I think it's kind of ridiculous. I don't want to get into any politics here, but because I'm not, and I just think that the players they have goals, and I think that the reporters they just try to get it out of them. I think that some players in the NBA think that media day might be kind of annoying. It could be. I mean, we were sitting there watching Ben Simmons, uh, Joel Embiid, and just some of the questions that were being asked were just ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, totally pointless. Had nothing to do with basketball whatsoever, and I think that's totally ridiculous because it's NBA Media Day. <laughs> okay, so we look forward. We'll be uh, we'll be actually watching the Sixers on October sixth versus the Celtics in a preseason game. Can't wait for that. Yeah, I mean, I hope Joel Embiid's gonna be out there. He's probably not. I mean, he's got what a week to decide that. But you know. We get a look at Simmons, we get a look at Fultz, and even Kyrie Irving in a new Celtics uniform. It's going to be fun. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun looking forward to it. Um, and it seems, uh, according to Brett Brown, in his mind, his starting lineup, and we talked about this a few weeks ago, uh, his starting lineup is he wants Simmons and Fultz as their backcourt. And uh, J.J. Riddick, he's th- going to be a starter. And that's something we were th- thinking that maybe yeah. Covington would be the starter there. Well, here's the thing. If it's offensively, then that kind of makes sense because you have Fultz and Reddick on the wings, which they can both play there, and then Simmons bringing the ball up. I don't see a big problem there. but And then it works on defense, too. You just switch Simmons away from the point guard position for defensive. Yeah, and that's the philosophy of Brett Brown and the positionless basketball. The Spurs play that, and that's you know all over the NBA, so it's not a big deal. Who plays where? It's just about the matchups. And I think pretty much we were talking about before, Simmons can guard probably two through five. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. Um, so considering media day, the upcoming, it's going to be a really fun season. So sticking with the NBA, there's been a lot of trade movement on the offseason and, and just recently. Let's talk about that. Okay, so first, as all, probably all of you have heard, Carmelo Anthony is now on the Oklahoma City Thunder. What does this mean for Oklahoma? I mean, I think they're definitely playoffs. No doubt about it. I mean, they were from the beginning with Russell Wellsbrook alone. But now I think they have a contention to get to the finals over the Warriors. Because I think that their starting lineup is three stars. I mean, Melo's kind of deformed to just a star. But they still got two superstars in the NBA. Yeah, it's going to be very interesting how they put it together. I mean, uh, right now they're looking like they're the third best team in the West um, so, which is a big jump up from last year. Um, now I would not be able to predict the Western Conference because you got the Warriors, you got uh, the Rockets who have Harden and Paul, you got 
the Thunder now, which is now a super team. Um, the Timberwolves, which could be a super team in the making, obviously, with Wiggins, Towns, and also Butler. It's going to be a tough race. Getting back to the Thunder here, I mean, I think that was a great acquisition for the Thunder because they're contending now. I think that that was a great signing, and now they've got a big three, too, to match up with the Warriors, Rockets, etc., the other teams. Yeah, I can't wait to see how the three of them kind of get along, especially Melo. Uh, being ball dominant his entire career, is he going to understand that he's right off the bat the third option there? Uh, yeah, um, moving on. So the Cavs just got Dwayne Wade, and that's going to be interesting now. LeBron James and Dwayne Wade, <laughs> um, you know, like... We've seen them before, right? Yeah, we've seen, it. we've seen them on the Heat. I'm sure you have too, obviously. So they... They've won championships together. I think that that's a good player combination, obviously. And then you're adding players with Isaiah Thomas, Kevin Love, Tristan Thompson, Jay Crowder. It's a good team. Yeah, they have a lot of good players. And I think the strategy, and it's the only strategy that you can do at this point, is to make your bench as, as long as possible. You're not going to be able to compete with the superstars on the Warriors, um, like a big three and four as they yeah. have. So what you really it seems the strategy that they're doing is let's get as many good players as we can and let's have a bench of 10, 11 guys. Yeah, I mean, so let's get starters, but then we can beat the Warriors out of the bench because if you look at their bench, Livingston, uh, McGee, not good players. I mean, if you want Iggy Dollar back there, he's all right, you know, but... Well, I think the Cavs, that yeah, they no. could totally outbeat the Warriors if they have a bench. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and But when you're when you're in the finals, you know, your top players are going to play 40-plus minutes. So how much the bench comes into play, we'll see. Uh, but you're not certain that the Cavs will even get to the finals. I mean, there's the Celtics, obviously, with Kyrie Irving and Gordon Hayward and Al Horford. That's going to be some competition there. They have a bunch of three guards. What do they do with them all? But that's for another discussion. Yeah, definitely. We got to just cut off right here. I mean, Wade, Cavs, Carmelo, Thunder. Just very interesting. And we'll have more when we get to the preseason. Deep to left field. Going back Cabrera. Looking up. See ya. He's done it. Home run number 50. No rookie has ever hit 50 home runs in a season. And, of course, the MLB pennant race is coming to a close. And there's some blowouts, there's some closeness there in the wild card in the NL. But I think mainly the AL's pretty set, but the NL not so much. I mean, it's been interesting. You've seen the Indians go on that, what was it, 22-game win streak? You know, and that's just insane. That's great for that team because now they have 98 and 58. They're 40 games above 500. That's pretty impressive. They said something about that streak or since the All-Star break, Cleveland has made up 20 games on the Cubs, something like unbelievable like that. So what a streak by them. And, yeah, they've had, I think, one or two losses in their last, like, 30-some games. Yeah, and then you see teams like the Cubs, they're finally um, starting to pick it up a little bit from last year. You know, like, they're kind of slacking off at the beginning of the year, but now they're definitely picking up. They're a playoff team now, definitely. And then you also see the Yankees, you know, they're, they clinched playoff berth. The other night, Aaron Judge setting that rookie home run record. I mean, 
really interesting. I mean, you got Dodgers, 100 wins. It's going to be a really interesting postseason. Yeah, so looking at the East, since that's really what's left of the wild card battle, uh, we have like three teams battling there. What, do you, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, so the NL wild card, it's pretty much... So Arizona's set. There's six games in the wild card. They're set. They're clinching. And but then there's three teams left that want wild, one wild card spot. The Colorado Rockies, which in my opinion should be the team to get in there, with assets such as Charlie Blackman, Nolan Arenado, um, DJ LeMahieu. It's definitely a playoff team. And then you got teams like the Cardinals, another good team. The Brewers, they surprised me. I mean, these teams, I think they should. They all kind of deserve playoff, but I think that the Rockies deserve it the most, and they'll come out in the NL wild card. Yeah, and it's a definitely a team that we saw up close in when we saw them uh, playing Miami earlier this season. Uh, what a game that was. That was when Stanton got his 40th. Yeah, that was when Stanton got his 40th. What is he at now? Like, high 50s. All right, I'll just leave it at that. Okay. But we saw Arenado. He had a home run. Blackman, good night. I mean, that Rockies team, I think that they could actually put up a fight in the postseason. against and Even if they get in the wild card, they're playing Arizona. That's like... NL West right there, NL West matchup. It's going to be fun. So it's it looks like the MLB is winding down, and it's going to be uh, an exciting postseason. Those dreams that they have Here of we go. winning games, this is that one. Yeah, but it's 61 yards. Hold your breath. Ball is spotted. The kick is away, and the kick is... It's gone! <laughs> That dream I talked about. They win. He's had this dream before. 61 yards. The longest kick in Eagles history. So, crazy weekend in football. But uh, the Philadelphia Eagles, New York Giants, uh, what a game. Um, there's a lot to say about it. Um, but let's begin with saying that the Eagles started off with a 14 nothing lead, which... I think that everyone pretty much thought that the Eagles were going to blow out the Giants, except for you diehard Giants fans out there. Oh, we're going to beat the Eagles, but, you know, closer, I, close game than I thought, you know? Yeah, I don't know. I think those diehard Giants fans were probably with us, thinking yeah, that there was yeah. a blowout, uh, I, thinking their team is a dumpster fire. But they really came out with a good game plan of uh, hurry-up offense. And what that did is that really kept the Eagles' defense off balance, and it gave Eli time to just immediately get the ball out, like one, two, less than three seconds, the ball was out of his hands. You know, it was just a good game, I thought. It was closer than it actually looked, besides when the Giants were on a 21 to nothing run there in the fourth quarter. Yeah, and to be honest, you look at the, fir- the first half, uh, you had it, it was 14 nothing Eagles, uh, a score in each quarter, and then you had the weird fourth and eight call at the end of the first half with about two minutes remaining at like the 50-yard line, which we tur- uh, which the Eagles turn over on downs. Yeah. And then what happens after that? Um, first of all, bad play call by Doug Peterson. And then I think that the defensive coordinator is probably screaming at him because now he's got to put in the work in, in the closing minutes of the half to prevent a touchdown there from the Giants. And the defense kind of held up. But, you know, just a few weird calls at the end there at that half. So what happens is the Giants come all the way down to first and goal, 
and uh, just bizarre. Just uh, Shepard looked like he had a touchdown, which they called an incomplete because he dropped it. Because he dropped it, but I thought it should be a yeah. touchdown. I don't and know. then uh, the coach on fourth and goal finally decides to run the ball. They get stuffed. Stuffed. End, end of the half. They get nothing out of it. So Peterson was let off the hook by a coach that... Uh, yeah. Uh, okay, so first, Doug Peterson was saved by the defense. Now, later in the game, Mr. Jake Elliott also saved Doug Peterson again by hitting a 46-yard field goal to tie the game. And then a 61-yard field goal to win the game. I mean, he's just saving this coach left and right. I mean... If, I think if the Eagles lost this game, then it was going to be like kind of like, eh, for Doug Peterson. You're like, what is this guy? Is he a good coach or not? Yeah, so if you look at the game, you have the fourth quarter. So the first, second, and third quarter is basically 14 nothing, yeah. a slow-paced game, and then all of a sudden... Touchdown, 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 Giants, Giants, Giants. Giants score three touchdowns, and the Eagles re- re- respond with a touchdown. Then... Uh, then the Giants kick a field goal, and then, and then, as you said, Elliot and the Eagles respond with a field goal, and then we're tied. Yeah, I mean, so let's talk about if the Eagles lost this game. So what would be your opinion on it? Well, I think it was a referendum on the coach. I don't like, I don't like to pick on him, but uh, I, I just thought the game, the, the offensive game plan was v- very incoherent especially with Blunt in and out of the game when, it, when, it, when he was very successful with the run. Next thing he knew, he was out of the game. It's just weird kind of decisions. You have, uh, um, you have um, Smallwood in there on a third and short instead of Blount. It's just Not a good weird play calls. call. I mean, yeah. Blunt is the stronger runner. you got to put him in on third down, in my opinion, if you're going to run the ball on third down, which that's not really usual with Doug Peterson because you know, he, lo- he loves his passing game with Carson Wentz, as we saw in the past two weeks. But, you know, you see Odell with those two touchdown catches. You know, he's back. Um, just a good game overall. He's a dog. He, he, yeah. I've, he's kind of inconsistent, if you ask me. You know, he's great one game, good the next. Bad. Oh, he's coming off an injury. Good, great, good, good, bad, great, good. He's coming off an injury. He's coming off an injury. So, um, anyway... Uh, the Eagles win the game with a 61-yard field goal from Elliott, and uh, and they all run off the field, and Elliott is carried off the field Lombardi style. Uh, an amazing finish to a game, which was just bizarre, but what an amazing and thrilling finish and uh, by the Eagles. Yep, I mean, congratulations, Jake Elliott. The Eagles are two and one because of you. The lightning round. Uh, let's go through it. Uh, first, Thursday Night Football, you had an offensive uh, game between the Rams and the 49ers. Rams 41, 49ers 39. Didn't see this one coming, 40-49ers, um, to begin an odd week. But, you know, Rams came out with a win. That was my prediction. Uh, Jaguars had a home game in London and walloped the Ravens 44-7. Jaguars need to move to London. They won 44-7. Didn't see that one coming whatsoever. Uh, Bears 23-17. Um, this game was awkward on some levels. But, you know, Bears win over uh, Steelers offense. That has always been good. 
but you know, didn't see that one coming either. Vikings 34, Bucks 17. I thought the Bucks were coming off hot, but apparently not. Vikings defense held up, and their offense definitely came through a step on Diggs. The Jets 20, Dolphins 6. Dolphins took a no here. Um, against the Jets. Against the Jets. 20 points against the Jets. I'm just going to leave it at that. Falcons 30, Lions 26. Yep, I mean, I saw this game to be a close one, and sure enough, it was. Um, Falcons came out to win more. I don't think. Bronco, or uh, Bills 26, Broncos 16. Shocker. Um, Broncos defense was kind of interesting because it's the Bills offense. You know, it's not really overpowering. I mean, there's McCoy, who's off to a start. Tyrod, not a great quarterback. He's all right. But then they lose by 10 to the Broncos, just surprising. They just can't play on the road, it looks like. Uh, Panthers at home lose to the Saints 34-13. to Not even close. Panthers are awful so far. I mean, the record says otherwise, but really their competition has been very slim to begin the year. Colts 31-28. Somebody had a win. Um, I guessed on this one, to be honest, because didn't think the game really mattered, which it doesn't because these, neither of these teams are making playoffs, but Colts came out with a win by three over the break. Couple weeks, maybe luck comes back. Patriots 36, Texans 33 in a game that went back and forth all day. Oof, Deshaun Watson. If he took down that Patriots team, I'd be really impressed with that kid. I mean, you see Tom Brady, just another amazing game from him. Patriots won by three, which is too close, in my opinion. 36-33, really high scoring. You know, Patriots win. Titans 33, Seahawks 27. Um, I had the Titans winning because I think their offense is on fire. Seahawks off to a slow start. They're 1-2 and two now, and their only win is by three over the 49ers. Packers 27, Bengals 24 in a game that the Bengals looked like they were going to win, but the Packers come back. Uh, yeah, I mean... No one thought Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers was getting his first win by the ben over the Bengals, okay? This was Aaron Rodgers' first win over the Bengals in overtime, in overtime fashion. Three points, Packers win. Chiefs 24, Chargers 10. Um, you know, Chiefs on a roll, their defense. Rolling. Yep, just keep rolling. They're full three nine. The Sunday night game. The Redskins 27, Raiders 10. Shocking a bit. Don't know what was up with Derek Carr and that Raiders offense, but Redskins obviously played the better game. They deserve the win. Sometimes when you go east to west or west to east, that can happen. And of course, the Monday night football game where the Cardinals had a lead and looked like they were steadily on their way to win, but the Cowboys prevail in the end, 28 to 17. I mean, similar to the eagles Giants game, you know, Losing team really came out in that fourth quarter, but in this case, Cowboys came out with the win. Okay, let's talk week four predictions. The Thursday night game this week is the Bears at the Packers. Um, you know, the Bears, surprising win against the Steelers, but the Bears can't win two in a row. Gotta go with the Packers here. London's calling, where the Saints and the Dolphins will play. Oh, uh, you know... London is otherwise known as Bizarre World nowadays. But, you know, I think I'm still going to stick with the Saints after a great offensive performance from last week. The Jaguars come back from London to play in New York against the Jets. Yep, this week's trash mash. Trash match. <laughs> I mean, Jaguars' outstanding performance. 
you know, I think that Leonard Fournette's going to have a great game against the Jets, so I'm going to take the Jaguars. And the other team, the Ravens, coming back from London, coming back to Baltimore, of course, to play the Steelers. Tough game. Both teams had tough losses in Week 3. I think this is going to be a closer game than you guys think because it's a division rivalry too. But I think that the Steelers are going to want this win a little more, and I think they're they're better team. Lions at the Vikings. Um, I think that the Lions have improved a little more than you think. Um, Vikings defense looked impre- defense looked impressive, but I think that Matt Stafford is still going to come out and do good. The Bills off of their high and beating Denver last week go and play the Falcons. Um. Falcons, I think they're going to stay undefeated as one, one of the two teams that are still undefeated, one of them, one of the other one being the Chiefs, of course. But I think they still got the Falcons taking this one. Definitely a letdown game. Mm-hmm. Your 49ers, which have been great every week, against the Cardinals. Actually, it's, they've now, been really picked it now, up. Now, hold on. I'm going to take the 49ers on this one. I think that their offense has actually looked better than suspected. I yeah, mean, last week was great. Yeah. Um, Cardinals, I don't think they're as good as they were. Definitely not as good as they were. And I think that the 49ers are going to pull out this one. And it doesn't get any easier for the Raiders as they have to play their division games. And it's the Raiders <laughs> at Denver. Denver. Oh, man. Um, another two teams that have upsetting losses from last week. But I don't know. I guess I'll go with the Broncos here. Yep. Got to yeah. go with the home team. Yeah. Panthers at Patriots. Um, Patriots, Panthers, if Cam Newton can't get this going, then they're not making playoffs. Yeah, even though they had two wins on the year. But uh, Titans at the Texans. Titans offense has looked amazing this season. I'm going with the Titans. And another great game, Bengals versus the Browns. Somebody's got to win, right? Um, Actually, the Bengals didn't look too bad against Green Bay, if you ask me. I think that the Bengals will actually take this game against the Browns. Somebody gets their first win. Rams at the Cowboys. Well, you heard the confidence from Todd Gurley. Of that, They said that they were going to beat Dallas. So I'll take his word for it. I'm going to go with the Rams. Eagles, after a big divisional home win, have to tra- travel out to the West Coast against the L.A. Chargers. Now... You may think I'm crazy, but this is going to be a tough trip for the Eagles. You know, game winner. Now you got to travel 3,000 miles out yeah. west to play the Chargers. Yeah. I got the Chargers in this one. Yeah, good call. Uh, hopefully you're wrong. Giants, <laughs> Giants at Tampa playing the Buccaneers. Um, the Giants got to get their first win. Buccaneers, slow, slow from last week. Um, I don't know. I guess the Giants, they... They looked good against the Eagles, and I think their offense will come through against the Buccaneers. The Colts got their first win of the week this past week. Now they go out to Seattle and play the Seahawks. God, I hope the Seahawks win, because if they don't, then some NFC conference predictions are going to look a little shaky, because I think that most people had Seahawks in there. Yeah, for sure, and that's the Sunday night game. Uh, The Monday night football game is the Redskins at Chiefs. Ooh, interesting. Gotta go with the Chiefs. Um, I Holman. think I think that the Falcons and the Chiefs are both gonna stay undefeated through week four, and I think that the Redskins, you know, they're all pumped up, but I think the Chiefs are gonna knock them down because I think that that Chiefs defense and offense can both come through. Because you got Tyree Kill, Kareem Hunt on offense, and you also got a great defense. I mean, that team looks unbeatable, but I'm 
It'll happen eventually, hopefully. <laughs> So it's time for this this week's good, bad, and ugly. So I'm gonna start off with the good. Todd Gurley, I mean, looked great against the Rams. Great start for Todd Gurley. I think he's, if he's on your roster, good for you. Because, you know, I'm saying that to myself. He's on my roster too. I mean, surprising. Do you think he's somebody that you sell high or you keep on your team? You gotta keep him. Um, he's either one or two in your legs, depending on what it is, but you gotta keep him. If you sell this guy, then crazy, <laughs> in my opinion. Yeah. Um, my second good is Odell Beckham Jr. Had two touchdowns against the Eagles, along with a few receptions and good yardage. Um, he had he set his re- he set a milestone for him, like was 300th reception for a touchdown. Um, good week for him. Uh, you know, against the Eagles, if you had him on your fantasy team. You must be happy because he's been injured for the past two weeks, and you're like, I don't know if I should play him. You know, he's got that problem. You know, he might not be 100%, but he looked like he was 100% against the Eagles, and that was definitely good for me. Another good, Stefan Diggs, um, another wide receiver. You saw the Vikings offense. They put up numbers in the 30s. Um, Diggs, what a game from Stefan Diggs. In my league, in the PPR league, he's number one wide receiver now because of his past game. And I can't agree with that. I mean, you got touchdowns, receptions, yards, everything that you could have wanted from a wide receiver. Um, just great game from all three of those guys I just named. And he's really valuable because Bradford is gone and he's still putting up numbers. Oh, yeah. I mean, bad quarterback, good quarterback. I mean, you look at this guy. He's like, wow, he can just do it. Do it all. Such ingratitude after all the times I've saved your life. Moving into my bad, um, the number one tight end before this week was Jason Witten. He put up not even a point in some of the leagues. Or maybe, you know, a point, two points. Bottom line, he did awful, okay? Dallas won, uh, Dallas won. But, you know, Jason Witten, you know, expecting more from this guy sometimes. I mean, you know, wasn't the best tight end, obviously, from last year, but he's looked pretty good this year until week three. Um, Travis Kelsey, another tight end, this time for the Chiefs offense, which kind of surprised me because the Chief o- Chiefs offense has been kind of rolling lately. But, you know, Kelsey, another one point, one point or three pointer, you know? Um, another bad game from him. Um, Derek Carr. Playing the Redskins. Disappointing. Very disappointing. He was on my fantasy team. I still won by like 40, 50. Don't brag. Okay, yeah, I'm sorry. But still, Derek Carr, nine points in my league. Uh, kind of scary with the schedule he's got coming up too. Like Denver next week at Denver. Now that's like really bad because Denver at, at home, that's just a scary team overall. And finally, my ugly. See you soon, idiots. It's for you. Cam Newton. Carolina, their record may say otherwise, as I said before. What, they're 2-1 right now? But Cam Newton, terrible start. I mean, 
he just hasn't been coming through for his team, and I think he needs to pick it up for this team to make playoffs. It looks like he's injured. It really does. He just doesn't look like the Cam Newton of old. Yeah, he's playing like he's injured. You know, he's, he might not be injured, but he's playing like he's injured for sure. Joe Flacco, drop him. I doubt it if anyone has him, because probably you don't. But still, 44, 7 to the Jaguars. Come on. Yeah, I believe he had, what, one, or he had minus points in, in fantasy football points this week. Yep, second lowest. To who? Andy Dalton. Of course. Week one, of course. You know, gotta go with the guy who didn't get a touchdown his first two weeks in the NFL season. When you have to shoot, shoot, don't talk. That's all the time we have for this week's show. Don't forget to give us a follow on Twitter at Big Frank Show. We'll see you next week. <laughs>